mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Deity Clothed in Humanity. His scripture text will be taken from the book of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Here now... Pastor Moody. Give God praise if you would. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would. I'm going to preach just a little bit this morning from a familiar text. I'll try to be brief. It's already going on noon. But I'll try to just be brief. And I'm going to talk to you about when Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he went there, he met Satan face to face. Satan had showed up in the Garden of Eden with the first Adam and tempted Eve. Adam fell by transgression. Adam was not tempted. He fell by choice. Can somebody say amen? He was influenced, no doubt, by his wife, but he fell by choice. Eve was the, was the weaker vessel, the weaker link of the relationship, and the enemy tempted her, tried her with the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. She fell to it, and as a result of that, sin came upon all humanity. But Jesus met the devil, not in the paradise, but in the wilderness. Somebody say in the wilderness. In a barren place. And Satan was defeated. He was defeated soundly. He didn't have a chance. I last night, for some reason, I was getting ready to go to bed and on my phone a video popped up of Muhammad Ali fighting some guy that I'd never heard of before. And I watched just a little bit of it and it went a few rounds, didn't last long. This guy tried everything he could to knock Muhammad Ali out. And don't nobody get upset. I'm just telling you what I saw. And I watched as everybody kept saying, come on, champ, talking to Ali. And in my mind, I knew he was going to knock this guy out because I'd never heard of this guy. How many knows if he had knocked out the champion, we would know who he was. And while I was watching that, and I knew I was going to be preaching this today, it's like in my spirit, I heard the Lord say, the devil didn't have a chance, not even in the first round with me in the wilderness. The reason being was because he met a man in Eden, but in the, in the wilderness, he met deity, God clothed in humanity. So I'm gonna preach just for a few minutes on the thought of deity clothed in humanity. How many knows that Jesus was the son of God? but he also referred to himself as the son of man. And I've come to tell you that Christ in you is the hope of glory. Come on, somebody. I've come to tell you the Holy Spirit in you makes you more powerful than the devil that you face and the problem you're dealing with, than the struggle you're going through, the temptation you're facing, the battle you're, come on, somebody help me. I wanna tell you when the devil sees you, he does not just see you but he sees God in you, hallelujah. He sees deity clothed in humanity. I dare you touch somebody and say, look out. I'm about to show the devil who God is in me. Let's pray. Father, thank you 
for your word this morning. Touch us and use us in Jesus' name. And we give you praise, amen. You can be seated. I'm just gonna just kind of hit the highlights of my text. Luke chapter four, the Bible says that Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost and returned from Jordan where John had baptized him. The Holy Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. One of the other gospel writers says that he was driven. He was literally herded, forced into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And there he met the devil, being tempted 40 days of the devil. And then uh, in those days did it eat nothing. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The scripture goes on and said, the devil then approached Jesus. And watch this. He says, if you're the son of God. I want you to understand that's maybe a mistranslation. The word if there is not a word of doubt, but it's, it's a word of being convinced that he was the son of God. One translator, one writer I read said, it should have been translated not if you're the son of God, but since you're the son of God. How many knows the devil knew who he was? Are you hearing me? The Bible said when Jesus met the, man, the madman of Gadara who was possessed with a legion of devils, over 12,000 demons, the scripture said that they spoke to him and said, we know who you are. You're the son of God. Have you come to torment us before our time? I want to tell you that when every time you face a battle, every time you face a temptation, every time you face the enemy trying to drag you down, he knows who you are. He knows who is in you. Can you say amen? And when you begin to say, I am defeated, or you begin to say, I can't make it, or you begin to say, I am afraid, you begin to say all these things, amen, it's like Brother Dubrian said, you need to start saying, wait a minute, I am not gonna say I'm those things, I'm gonna say I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious, I am a man of God, I'm a woman of God, I'm a Christian, I'm somebody that has Jesus inside of me, I have the Holy Spirit in me, and when the enemy sees me, he sees more than me, he sees God in me, can you say amen? Go ahead and give God praise. And he said, if you're the son of God, command that these stones be, uh, be turned into bread. And Jesus answered him and said, it is written that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The devil took him up into an exceeding high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment's time. And uh, listen, he said, uh, I, I want you to understand that I, this, these are mine. The devil said, to him, all, these, all this power I'll give you and the glory of them for that is delivered. God gave it to me, Adam lost it, it's mine and I can give it to whomsoever I will. He said, if you'll worship me, it'll be yours. That's what the devil said. Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, again, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. Then the scripture said that he brought him to Jerusalem, and the other gospels puts this temptation before the mountaintop temptation. But he brings him to Jerusalem, the, 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 the center of religion for the Jews, the citadel of worship for those who worship God. And he sets him up on the highest place of the temple and says unto him, if you're the son of God, cast yourself down from here, amen. And for it's written, he'll give his angels charge over you, amen, to keep you, to keep thee. And in their hands, they'll bear you up lest any time you should dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, notice this time he says, it is said. The other gospels say, it is written, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now I want you to stop and get this. He was telling the devil, I'm God. You see a man, but you know that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, 
and the word was God and I became flesh and I'm still, you're looking at God. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The devil's saying, worship me. Jesus saying, no, you shall worship the Lord your God. Nobody else but me can just say amen. And then the devil, when he did him to temptation, departed from him for a season. I want to tell you just a little bit about Luke, if I can. Luke was a Greek, most likely. He was a Gentile for sure. He was a non, the only non-Jewish writer in the New Testament. Uh, he dedicated, he wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts, and he dedicated them to a friend who we know was a Greek by the name of Theophilus. And the name Theophilus means a friend of God. He dedicated the story of Luke and Acts. I want to tell you that the book of Luke and the book of Acts comprise about 28% over one-fourth of the New Testament. Luke, when you start thinking about him, uh, I, I want to say this. He was martyred at 84 years old. He was hanged, uh, they said, from an olive tree and killed for his, for his testimony of Jesus. The portrait that Luke paints of Jesus is at times different from that of the others. If you're a Bible student, you know this. You know that Matthew wrote to the Jews about Jesus being the Messianic king. You know that Mark wrote to the Romans and said that Jesus was the faithful witness. John wrote to the world and said that Jesus was the son of God. Can you say amen? But Luke describes him from the position. He was a physician. He was a doctor. He left his practice and became a follower of Christ and later traveled with, with uh, I'm, I'm sorry, he traveled with Paul. He, he went with Paul everywhere Paul went. Paul would late, write, uh, write later when he was in prison in Rome and say, there's nobody with me but Luke. He would write to Timothy and say, bring the, the cloak that I left, bring the books that I left. There's nobody here. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And Luke is the only one that is with me. Luke, when I started thinking about this, uh, he focused on the humanity of Christ. He focused on the fact that Jesus was a man, naturally a man, but he also focused on the fact that he was God. Do you know that Luke records 15 months of, of history or, or the involvement of what God was doing even before Jesus was born? Luke writes things that the other writers didn't write. He, he recorded 35 parables that Jesus taught. Can I tell you that, that of those 35 that, uh, uh, amen, that 19 uh, of the others, of the ones he wrote are not recorded in the other gospels. He recorded 20 miracles that Jesus did. Six of them are not recorded in the other gospels. Now, what makes this so different is this, that Luke was not really an eyewitness but he wrote to Theophilus and he said, I, I thought it, that it was necessary, O Theophilus, to write to you having had a perfect understanding, having learned from the eyewitnesses. In other words, Matthew wrote what he saw, Mark wrote what he saw, John wrote what he saw, but Luke gleaned from all of them. He gleaned from all those that followed Christ and even from the women. He got records of everything that had been done. So he said, I, I thought it necessary to send you a more perfect understanding uh, a record of what had happened. He said that concerning the, the gospel of Luke and then he also said that concerning the book of Acts. 
And uh, so I want to tell you when Luke was writing about Jesus being tempted, he was saying, I understand that he was conceived of a virgin yet born in the flesh, that he was a, a man that got tired. He was a man that they even complained and said the birds have nests and the foxes have holes, but the Son of Man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. He knew that Jesus felt the pain of betrayal. Can somebody help me? Amen. By by Judas that night, he said, one of you, when we read this, sometimes we think the Lord was just prophesying. But Luke understood that Jesus would later say to the Father, of all that you gave me, I've lost one of them. And he was a devil. He knew the pain of losing somebody that he had called. And so Luke's writing from the fact that his humanity, amen, was evident. But he said, now he goes into a wilderness and he fights with the devil. He faces Satan himself and he realizes that Christ, even though he was human, he was God. Can you say amen? Can I tell you how Jesus dealt with the devil? Come on, somebody help me. Jesus would say this. He said, I saw him fall. I saw him in the beginning when he was kicked out. I know about his defeat. I know about his demise. He would later say to Peter, Peter, I want you to understand something. Satan has desired you that he might sift you like wheat. Somebody ought to help me right here a moment. I've got a word for you to tell you. There is a real devil He's gonna try you. He's gonna try to stop you. He's gonna tempt you. He's going to afflict you. He's gonna come against you as a human and fight you every way he can. Oh, but somebody needs to hear me. But Jesus said, but I have prayed for you and your faith will not fail. Can I shout it? When the enemy looks at somebody who's walking close to God, who's filled with the Holy Spirit, who's serving God, he understands that you're a human so he keeps coming back and he keeps trying to fight you but when you resist him he flees from you because that one that's in you is what he really sees he sees deity hallelujah clothed in humanity hallelujah oh glory how are you going to make it how are you going to overcome a devil that has legions of demons underneath him, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. How are you gonna overcome a devil who has spirits that take over whole cities? Las Vegas, the gambling mecca of the world, are you hearing me? San Francisco has been a homosexual city for decades, it's not new. Somebody help me preach right here. How are you gonna overcome somebody with that kind of power because greater is he that's in you than when he sees you, he sees deity clothed in humanity. I dare you look at someone and say, I've been washed of the blood. Look at him and say, I've been saved. Look at him and say, I am sanctified. I'm being sanctified. I'm being, I'm being made holy because the more I resist him, the stronger I get in Jesus. The more I lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset me, it becomes less of me and more of Jesus in me. Glory to God. Deity clothed in humanity. Can I tell you that temptation 
is a reoccurring theme through the Bible. You'll just read it. Temptation, Adam and Eve, of course, Eve was tempted. Adam fell. Cain slew his own brother because he gave in to the, to the pride of life, to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye. James, the half-brother of the Lord, would say, don't let any man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God. Because God doesn't tempt with evil, evil, neither can he be tempted with evil. But we're led away of our own lust and enticed. And when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. Are you with me? And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. All that's in the world is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Satan has a plan. He's gonna try you. Amen, if he can't get you one way, somebody look out. He's about to come back at you another way. Are you hearing me? But can I tell you the word of God says when he comes in one way, he has to flee seven ways. Glory to God. There's a God that's gonna be, where sin doth abound. I wanna tell somebody grace does much more abound. Can I tell you don't worry when you find yourself in divers temptations, are you? You hear me? That's what the word of God said because the trial of your faith is more precious than gold and what Satan thought was an opportunity to defeat Jesus and stop God's plan of redemption by getting Jesus to fall. God saw it as a time appointed that he would, amen, let the, the deity of Christ and the sovereignty of God prevail and show us the devil has no power, amen, over you as long as you walk, amen, hold into that. The hand of Jesus Christ. Give him praise if you would. I believe that the enemy will try as often as he can to defeat us, but I believe there's a pattern disclosed here of how we as believers can have continual victory. Do you know the scripture said that Satan left Jesus for a season? And that's what we call revival. That's what we call visitation. There are times when you serve the Lord that you will walk. David said, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And he said, but thou art with me, and thy rod and thy staff, they help me. I had something to lean on in that trying time. And there will be times of trial, can you say amen? But there's always those seasons of respite. When God moves, James said, you draw nigh to God. God will draw nigh to you. You resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Has anybody ever experienced that? Has anybody, come on, somebody, ought to, we ought to be waving your hand. How many has been in the valley? Amen, you've been in the struggle. You've been in the heat of the battle. You've walked through those seasons where you didn't know naturally if you were gonna make it and your body got weary and your flesh began to want to, you know, how many knows the scripture said that the, the spirit's willing but the flesh is weak? I'm telling you, I've been in this 42 years. I've fought a battle or two. I've got some scars. I've, I've, got, I've had skint knees and bruised elbows. There's been time I've laid on my face and didn't, didn't have enough of strength that seemed like to get up but David said as long as I got his rod, amen, which is the, the rod was a testimony and his staff which is his strength, I can lean upon it, I can stand up amen and say he never left me amen, I've walked through the valley I've come on the other end of this thing I found out that God is good all the time, I found out that God delivers all the time, I believe what Hebrews 13 and 8 said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, amen 
listen, I don't know if I'm helping anybody or not, but the Lord told me there's gonna be people in the house today. You've been knocked down, you've been bruised, you've, been, you've almost felt defeated, and you, you can't look around and blame it on nobody. It's just the devil. He's come at you, but I've come to tell you, you've got a Savior that's defeated him. You've got a Holy Ghost that's greater. You've got the ability to stand up in the name of Jesus. Sometimes I refer to my family because I'm closer to them than I am anybody else. And I know their testimonies better than I do anybody else's. But I was thinking about Tommy when he went through the COVID. And then he had two strokes after that. And then he went through a surgery that could have been, and according to the doctors, was disastrous at, at the time. And we didn't know what to expect. And I'll never forget this. After it was over, God miraculously brought Tommy through all of that but he was still struggling with speech a little bit. And he was still struggling with dexterity of the left hand, and he's left-handed. And we were talking one day, and I don't even know if Tommy remembers saying this, but man, it, it, you talk about, made me want to shout. I told Sister Moody about it. I said, he looked at me, and he said, well, the devil may think I'm going to give up. <laughs> he said, he may think I'm going to give up. But then he looked at me, and he said, but God been too good to me. Come on, somebody, have me know you, you ought to be able to say, I've come too far. I've seen too much. Devil, is that all you got? Just bring it. Because <laughs> you're not looking at a natural man or woman. You're looking at God clothed in flesh. Are you with me? He's in me. I dare you touch somebody and say, Jesus is with me. When the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side. When I hear the thunder roll, come on somebody, he's in me. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the world. Is anybody hearing what I'm telling you today? Every one of us have looked at death. Every one of us have had to face death. We've had to bury people we thought we couldn't live without. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It started with me at four years old when they buried my mother. All of my life, I've watched people that I thought that I couldn't live without. I, they, they passed, and I remember when my, when my grandmother passed away and, and uh, Larry and I were leaving the hospital night, our grandfathers were they were the ones that took us in. And uh, my brother Larry's back there. I don't know if he remember, he'll probably remember saying this. We're walking down the hall. We're, we're just broken hearted. And I'll never forget this. Larry looked at me and said, well, what do we do now? What do we do now? Because it seemed like the props had been knocked out once again. But can I tell you that 42 years ago, I knelt at an altar and I met a man named Jesus and he brought his holy spirit. Hey, he came into my heart and fear has torment and perfect love has cast out fear and the enemy has tried to defeat me, but I'm still standing today. Somebody ought to help me shout right there. He said, I'll go with you all the way even to the end. I've got to tell somebody, it's Christ in you that's going to help you make it. Amen. Give God a hand of praise. Satan is the chief agent of temptation. Nobody is exempt from it. King David in 1 Chronicles 21 and 1, the Bible said Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David or tempted David. Amen. One place it said he tried him to number Israel. In other words, wanted David to depend on his military might and not on the power of God. And David gave in to it. 
He gave in to Bathsheba. Are you with me? But even after that, God said, David is a man after my own heart. I've been reading it this week. God said to David, I'm gonna establish your throne in your son after you. They'll never fail to sit on the throne of David, a ruler. Of course, we know Solomon, amen, got all that gave to him and then failed in the end. And down through history of the Bible, we've watched those kings fail. We've watched the nations be destroyed and then rebuilt. But Tammy knows God still got a people by the name of Israel. And there's still a capital city, recently renamed, named the capital city called Jerusalem in Israel. How many understand that one day the king of glory is coming back and he's gonna set up his kingdom and he's gonna rule from the throne of his father David right out of Jerusalem. <laughs> he's gonna rule the world. I'm, I'm here to tell you, God's word will never fail. The devil do all he can. Paul gave us warning that we're subject to be tempted. And I've said this for years and I believe it, that ministers, that pastors, a great part of what we do is preparing people to be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. My job is to tell you to quit the stinking thinking and put on the helmet of salvation. My job is to tell you not to give in to sin but to put on the breastplate of righteousness. My job is to prepare you, amen, not to just let the devil push you around and shove you around, but have your loins girt with truth. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Take the shield of faith and most of all, the sword of the spirit, which is this word of God. And having done all to stand, stand there and watch God move for you. I'm here to tell you, you cannot be defeated unless... You try to do it like Frank Sinatra and Elvis Presley said, my way. Do it God's way. You'll be able to make it. Can you say amen? Let me go on. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11 and 3, he said, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through subtlety, through deceitfulness, that your minds might be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. He wrote in Thessalonians, he said, 1 Thessalonians 3 and 5, for this cause, when I could no longer forbear, when I couldn't take it any longer, I sent to know about your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor's been in vain. You know, I've watched people get saved. I've watched them get baptized. Can I go a little farther and say I've seen them get baptized in the Holy Ghost? And then I've watched them start drifting away from Christ and following after the flesh and start doing things, amen, contrary to what the Bible teaches and what God wants from them. And then when you try to warn them, the Bible says, if you see a brother taking in fault, warn him, trying to restore him. And I went to him and said, you need to be aware of what you're doing or the way you're going. And have him look at me and say, that's none of your business. I beg your pardon, you're my kid. You don't have many spiritual fathers. You've got one. Can you say Amen. Amen, when you're under this church, the sound of our voice, and the pastor is your spiritual father, he's your leader, he's a watcher, Paul said, for your soul. 
His responsibility is to protect you. I wish somebody hear what I'm telling you. And God told me to come tell somebody today, if you keep following the devices of the flesh and trying to do things the way that you're going, that you're gonna have a fall and it's gonna be painful and it's gonna hurt. Are you hearing me? But I'm here to tell you there's a place that you can get with God. Oh, somebody ought to shout right there. You can get with God that you'll be able, amen, to withstand all the wiles of the devil. No, nothing, no weapon can pull you down. You can stand strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And, and James said, you draw nigh to God. God draws nigh to you and then the devil flees from you. Amen. In that moment of battle. God's word gives us the encouragement. Notice what Jesus said to the devil. Every time he said, it is written. This is the logos. The logos means the entirety of the printed word. This is the record. This is the testament, old and new, of Jesus Christ. But can I tell you, that's the entirety of the book. But the rhema is the verse that speaks to you. The rhema is the word that becomes alive in your spirit. The rhema is the word that, that lifts you up, that picks you up, that strengthens you, that gives you victory. So Jesus began to use the word. Listen, folks, Paul said there in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation that has taken you but such as is common to man. Let me translate that. You'll never be tried with anything except something that somebody else has already been tried with and has always won. God's gave them a victory. God is faithful. who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able to stand, but with the temptation will make a way of a escape that you might be able to bear it. In other words, that you can make come on, let me know. If you can take it, you can make it. And with the word of God you can do that. You can do it. James said, count all joy when you fall into temptations, knowing that the trial of your faith works patience. Patience. In your, in your patience you possess your soul. Peter said, 2 Peter 2, 9, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the, the unjust to the day of judgment. To be. God knows how to preserve the godly, to deliver them. When Satan tempted Jesus, he thought he could stop what God was doing. But Hebrews 4 and 15 says, but we don't have a high priest who can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin, so we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find help in the time of need. Amen. Brother Nick, if you would, come on. Satan said, if you're the son of God, if you'll worship me, if you'll cast yourself down, and Satan would like for you to think, I have, have no, I have no alternative. I mean, I have to go along with the crowd. Young people, one of the hardest things you'll ever face is the fact that most of the crowd's going to hell and you can't follow them. Can I get a witness from somebody in here? I mean, some of y'all, don't be so old you forgot. Amen. How many can say one time I was a teenager? That's hard to believe, but I was. One time I went through adolescence. You hear me? And I want to tell you, one of the hardest things that you'll ever do is say no to the trends of the world that come from hell. 
Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And most of the world is running headlong down that road to hell. But you'll have to be different. Straight's the gate, narrow's the way that leads to life, and few there be. That's what Jesus said. Few there be that find it. I'm just glad you found the way. Let me tell you something about this way. There's all kinds of exit ramps. He's always going to try, you know, uh, if any of you have ever traveled with me on a long trip, you know I don't like to take exit ramps. I don't like to stop till I have to. If you're one of those people that have to stop every 30 miles, ride with somebody else. I mean, usually when I leave here going to Florida, I stop in South Georgia just to get fuel. Are you with me? What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying stay the course. Resist the devil. Say no to the temptation to get off of that path. You see what Jesus did. The scripture said, I read it in your hearing, when Satan had ended the temptation, ended it you know I was watching the Muhammad Ali fight last night and finally the other guy's manager threw the towel in the ring and it was over and that guy was a fighter but I saw him when he went down on that stool and you could see a look of relief on his face I'm glad this is over when Satan ended the temptation then the scripture said angels came minister to Jesus those that are for you are a lot more and a lot more powerful than those that are against you you hearing me and he left Jesus for a season for a season he knew he was outnumbered is anybody with me See, the devil started with assurance that this man would fall like the other Adam. But he ended in defeat. He left for a season, perplexed, disappointed, defeated. He said, I know what I'll do. I'll go stir up the high priest and the scribes and the Pharisees. I'll cause his disciples to follow him from afar off and go to sleep while he's praying. I'll get Peter to curse and deny that he even knows him night he's arrested I'll beat him he'll die alone everybody knows that never happened he's on the cross there's John and Mary his mother he's talking to them amen and when they arrested him he looked at Peter and Peter went out and wept bitterly the devil thinks it's over everybody knows the third day he arose with power and when they saw him he said go tell my disciples and Peter to come back to the upper room Come back where we had the last supper. It's not over. We're about, we're about to have a fresh. We're, we're going to sit down again and have communion one more time. Are you with me? I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell somebody today. The possibility of being tempted faces us constantly. It's, it's there every day, but how many knows his mercies are new every morning? Listen, the enemy's out to get you. He's out to get me, but we must not give in to the, to the suggestions or even the idea that there's nothing we can do. 
Somebody said, I can't win. Maybe that's you. Listen, the Lord dealt with me about this this week. He said, there's people in that church saying it's impossible. I can't do it. Young people, the devil tell you you can't win, but you listen to this preacher. You can't lose. You can't lose. As long as you've got him. As long as you're standing there, not just you, but it's Christ in you. It's me and Jesus. Every breath that I breathe, every song that I sing, he deserves it. He brought me this far. How many can say he brought me this far? Stand with me, would you? Stand with me all over the church. The devil did not want you to hear this message this morning. God said, this is a day when the powers of darkness have been unleashed. This is a day when discouragement has crept up over lives like you've never seen before. This is a day when saints are feeling worn down and worn out. But God said, I've come to tell you, it is written. You cannot be defeated. You're more than conquerors through him that loved you. Greater is he that's in you. Amen. The spirit of Antichrist has no power over you because you belong to Jesus. Amen. How many is going to make it? Amen. How many thinks you can make it? I'm going all the way. There, because when Satan sees us, he sees what he saw in the, in the wilderness. Amen. He sees deity clothed in humanity. We're the body of Christ. That's all right. We are the church. We're the general assembly of the firstborn. We're the blood bought. Come on, we're the sanctified. We're the spirit filled. We're the fire baptized church. And we're on our way to glory. Can you say amen? How many's going to heaven? Amen. How many believe you're going to make it? How many believes right now you've got power over all the powers of the enemy? Give God a hand of praise, would you? Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, this is the word that you put in my spirit and I have delivered it. That man, woman, boy, or girl who have decided they can't make it, I want you to strengthen them that they can make it. The enemy said you can't win and Lord, you've convinced them this morning they can't lose because it's not them. The battle's not theirs, it's yours. The victory's theirs. I want you to move, God, in Jesus' name. We have a tendency, a propensity to let the flesh dominate us and cause fear to overtake us. But our spirit, man, is renewed day by day because it's you in us. It's your breath. It's your song. It's your praise that's in us. And said I hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.